0: Hi, Chalene. This is Crystal from your home state of Michigan in the little town of Lake Orion. I wanted to stop by to thank you for everything that you do for us, your listeners, the people who purchase your products. You always do everything so top-notch, from the Push Journal, which has gotten me so organized, your podcasts, all of the advice, but you've also had an impact just recently on my well-being. Your podcast with Kelsey Humphreys, that has helped me recognize to a degree that never has occurred before that my husband and my habits of working very very hard and then partying even harder and then repeating day after day after day it's taken such a toll on me. It's kept me from my bodybuilding goals. It's kept me from proceeding on with my businesses. It has held me back in a fog on a couch in front of a TV. And because of you and Kelsey, I am going to work on sobriety. I am going to stop thinking about drinking. I am going to achieve everything that I've wanted to achieve. And you, my virtual BFFs, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you do and keep on doing it. Love ya. Mean it.
1: Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Today, I want to help you free your mind. Free your mind. I should play that song. Free your mind and the rest will follow. I cannot sing, but I can lip sync. I want to talk to you about this because I know this is an important topic because so much of our time is spent worrying about things that we don't want to worry about. Little things that are reoccurring in our minds that they just won't go away. And more often than not, when you try to free yourself of these thoughts and stop thinking about them, they become even more persistent. For example, if I tell you right now, to not think about a cat running up a tree and that this is a really tall tree. And please don't think about it, but I don't want you to think about this cat running up this really tall tree. And there are no leaves on any of the branches. It is just a branchless tree that I don't want you to think about. And the cat is, it's like a tabby cat. And I don't want you to think about the tree or the cat or the cat running up the tree. You just can't help but do that and give it even more detail than what I've given you. Because our mind, our mind is not good at focusing on what not to do. It's kind of like, have you ever driven up to a stop sign or I should say a traffic sign where it will have like a big arrow pointing to the left and then it has a circle around it and then a line. I hate those signs because they go against the way our brains work. So in order for you to quickly process that sign, you have to roll up on it. And look at it. And you first have to process what it is that you are doing that you're not supposed to do. So you first have to look at the arrow and you go, okay, so that's an arrow pointing to the left. And now I have to process the circle with the line through it. And that means don't. And our brains, no pun intended, our brains don't like to do that. Our brains like to process what we're supposed to do. It's like if you've ever had a child or a toddler and you say to them, don't throw your bottle and You know, the child has to process the act first, and then we add on the negative, which is the don't, which is why children will often do exactly what you've said or told them not to do. Hello. And most people are like that, too. If you tell someone what not to do, they have to picture the doing of it first in order to think about how not to do it. And, you know, my husband and I have been talking about this for many years because he is a football coach. He's a quarterback coach. And they will have the kids come in on Saturday morning and look at their film from Friday night. And part of his job is to make sure that they don't do the wrong thing and that they do do the right thing. But sometimes there's just no film. There's no footage of the kid doing the right thing. And he was sharing with me how sometimes you have to show them, okay, so see how you, you rolled out of the pocket right here and you kind of held onto the ball too long and that's why you got sacked. And they'll show them like the wrong way to do it and they'll say, okay, so don't do that. <laughs> and then inevitably, the kid plays that incorrect tape over and over and over and over and over in his head and keeps saying, okay, don't do that, don't do that. But you're, you're ingraining the activity, the behavior that you don't want to happen And you're making that deeper and deeper and deeper. It's why many professional athletes will get into a slump and they will use techniques like EMDR or thought training, or they'll go to a sports psychologist and help them to not think about what they're not supposed to be doing. And the way to do that is to engage yourself in what you do want to think about. So simply telling ourselves to stop thinking about this is not going to help. I want to give you some tips and techniques that will help you free your mind. Regular listeners of The Shaleen Show know that my go-to solution is always going to be the one that I believe is the quickest, most effective, and has the most proven track record based on my own personal experiences, based on the experiences of the very successful people that I've had the privilege of coaching. So my number one go-to, drumroll please, you probably know it, yeah, therapy. One of the reasons why our heads go around and around and around this, like, thing that we don't want to think about that is currently occupying our brain, even if you feel like, well, I don't think about it very often, but it does come up from time to time, and there's a lot of things that might trigger that, so I'll try to avoid those things. The reason why that is, most often, and again, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, I just think they're awesome people who save lives. It's like they're the experts. They're the brain experts. If you're going to go to an expert to learn business marketing or to fix your tooth, why would you not go to an expert to help you free your mind? What therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists have been trained to do is very effectively help us free our minds. And one of the reasons why we are often preoccupied by something in the past is because We have spent so much time ping-ponging that thought from our brain, like we don't want to think about it, so we don't fully process what it means and give it a proper context for where we are today. So that thing, which kind of like doesn't make sense, and it's upsetting, and it's disturbing, and it keeps coming up in your brain, and you don't want to go there because it's painful. And our brains are really good at protecting us from pain. So it will in some cases suppress the memory, but in most cases, we just keep like brushing it off to the side. You know, that's a kind of an analogy for what's going on in your head where you're like, okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. And you spend so much time trying not to think about the cat running up the tree that you can't help but give it more detail and spend so much time with that thing in your head. So if I am going to be true to my word, I just have to tell you it's my opinion, it's the quickest, most effective, and most permanent solution to free your mind is to go to an expert. We have to remove the stigma from therapy. It ain't no big deal, y'all. Listen, this is the honest truth. I think I have one friend who hasn't gone to therapy, and I don't know if she's listening, but she should go. And that's the truth. And I've told her she should go because there are things that you could just Fix. Like, you wouldn't have to struggle with this if you would just let an expert help you sort through it. Don't be afraid of opening Pandora's box. It's not going to be that bad. And I know many people avoid going to therapy because they're like, hey, I have it under control right now. And I can't risk opening up that can of worms and not being able to handle what comes up. Like, things might not be perfect right now, but it's in order and I have control. Well, you don't. Not really. You're not living your life to its fullest potential. It will not kill you. It will make you better. I promise you, it will free your mind. Give it a try. The most successful, smartest, self-aware, vulnerable, cool, easy to be around, comfortable in their own skin kind of people I know do therapy. Okay, but I'm going to keep bringing that up until you go. Leave me a speak pipe. if. Something in one of the previous Shalene shows or maybe one of my seminars or one of my online academies convinced you to go to therapy and tell me what your experience has been. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, step number two is to forgive just by forgiving another person or maybe yourself. You can help to release that negative thought, those emotions, that preoccupation You know, holding on to a grudge and anger and resentment only is hurting you. It's giving power to that thing that or person who hurt you. And they don't deserve that. No, you you deserve to be free. You deserve to take back your power. And you can do that by forgiving. Now, I don't know what your faith is, but I can tell you, I have struggled. On many occasions to find forgiveness. And I could say I've forgiven them like just to say it because I'm a Christian, but I didn't feel it. And it's something you really truly have to work on. I think you just have to sometimes just say it and keep saying it and start to try to feel the emotion of forgiveness of truly releasing yourself and knowing that it's a gift you give to yourself. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful things you can give. And it's one of the most powerful things you can give yourself. Number three, also not a surprise, exercise. I just, I triple dog dare you to be mad about something and go on like a 30 minute run and come back and be as angered or as triggered or as upset as you were before you started the run. You won't be, it's impossible. It's like absolutely impossible. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, super annoyed and disturbed. I'm like, I shouldn't even write this email back right now. I'm so mad I could just spit. And then I'll go and, you know, take it out on a hit workout or a long run or I'll, I'll lift heavy with like really angry rap music, right? And then I'm like, I can't even remember why I was mad. You know, what's the point of being mad? What's the point of being angry? You're not going to change anyone's opinion. Not likely. You can't change the character of somebody who's hurt you or wronged you or cheated you or lied to you. You just have to do right and let it go. Now, I'm not saying you should be a doormat, but getting all upset and riled up and trying to, you know, like, I'll am i show you that I'm right and you're wrong. (sighs) It's kind of a waste of your life. So the best thing to do with that emotion, because I think you have to acknowledge you can feel it though, right? Because it's an energy. Anger, being upset, being sad being any of those things, those emotions, they are also an energy. And what do you need to exercise? Energy. You need motivation. You need drive. You need that adrenaline pump. And that's the ultimate thing to fuel your next exercise routine. Exercising focuses the body on a physical requirement. Like in other words, it takes your attention off of whatever's going on in your mind and you have to do something physical. Exercise also, as we know, releases endorphins. It lowers cortisol. And it almost always, I mean, I can't think of an instance where it doesn't bring about a happier mood. My next tip is to be mindful. And this is something I am very honestly working on myself every day. I love that feeling of being present. But true confession is I'm not great at it. I want to be better at it because it feels so good, right? Like it's like trying to master a handstand or something that's challenging, but yet the process is fun and it feels good and it feels good to get better. and, And this is something that I'm working on. But what I mean by being mindful is being aware of where you are like right now in this moment. And the only way to really do that is to not be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow or what you're going to do when this podcast is over, or not thinking about things that happened yesterday, or a month ago, or a year ago, really just like thinking about, okay, right now I'm listening to Shaleen's voice, and I'm just being present. And I'm thinking about what it means to just feel what's happening in this moment. And I know it sounds like super, I don't know, (laughs) yoga-ish, I don't know what other way to describe it, kind of like, almost like a hippie meditation type thing. But What it really means is that we aren't so busy, we aren't so overwhelmed by all the things we have to do next, that we have the ability to be fully here. And I think the reason why we need to do this is an obligation to the people we love. I mean, it would be great to be say, I I need to be present for me. And I know that's true, but what motivates me to be present is the people that I care about. I want to be present for them. I want to have someone tell me a story and for me to pick up those tiny little, you know, microfacial expressions that tell me that what you're saying isn't the whole story. And to be present enough that I can hear their voice crack and know that this is more upsetting than what they're letting on and, and that it was a genuine act of courage to share this with me and and to be present so that somebody doesn't feel like they're a burden to me because they want to share something private and to be present so someone knows they can trust me and that when they're talking to me I look in their eyes and I can feel what they're saying and that requires being mindful which is kind of a weird thing because if you think about it if your mind is full you can't be mindful so I guess what it means is to be mind clear I think mindfulness is something that you work on. But as you get better at it, you soon start to realize you don't have to try as hard. One of my favorite resources is a website called zenhabits.net. And they've got just great blogs, great tools about living mindfully. And one of the things that they recommend in order to be mindful is to just accept people as they are. (laughs) And I just can't say that this is more true or needs to be more true than when it comes to our family. You just have to stop trying to change someone you love. Accept them for who they are. That doesn't mean you have to accept a certain type of treatment. It means that perhaps what you need to do is change your boundaries, enjoy what it is you enjoy about them, accept them for who they are, but don't try to change them or fight the way that things are. We just have to accept it and then know that we will have more peace. And I, I also think what goes hand in hand with that is perhaps setting a more realistic expectation. You know, I'm a really outgoing social person. I like, I like to smile at everybody. Like, this is a true story. There was a guy at the front desk at the gym who was really quite rude to my mother my dear mother, Marge, right? And I I didn't even know that he was rude to her. I just said, mom, I'll pay for your guest fee after my class. And she was like tying her shoes or something. I went in to go teach and the guy was like really rude to her. And he's like, I don't know who you think you are if you're getting special treatment. And my mom didn't even tell me about it. But a couple of the students afterwards were like, you should know that guy was just a total jerk to your mom. And that, you know, it upset me and I wanted to, I wanted to confront him. I wanted to, you know, walk into the club, you know, and find out who that was and have a word with them and tell them how rude it was to treat people like that. And my mom certainly isn't that type of person where you would have to speak to her that way. And then I just realized, you know what? I'm not going to change who he is. He's unhappy with something. He loves the power of his position. So instead I'm just going to lower my expectations. I'm not going to expect that everyone's going to be nice. I can pray for them. I can be nice back to them. I can flash them a big smile and I can be kind even when others are not. But my expectations that everyone's going to be kind, that's an unrealistic expectation. So if I can toss that expectation out the window, I don't have to carry it with me. I won't be disappointed. In fact, I won't be in pain. I won't be upset. In fact, I'll probably be relieved when people do go out of their way to be kind. My next tip is to just go for it. Oftentimes what's consuming us, what is cluttering our brain, the reason why our brain is not free is because we are preoccupied with all the possible outcomes. In other words, worry. And worry is the most wasteful way you can spend your day. To worry is such a pointless, frivolous, useless activity. And I know it's really easy to say that, but it's true. So what I ask you to do instead of worrying about all the possible outcomes is to just think of the very worst one, the worst one that's like at least a little bit realistic. And then ask yourself, well, what would I do? And what would I do? And if you can figure out the answer to that, well, then what you should do is just do it let me give you a hypothetical example. So let's say you've just started taking vocal lessons and it is your goal to sing in front of a large audience someday. And your girlfriend came to you and said, you know, I think you have a beautiful voice. I would love for you to sing at my wedding. And you say to her, I'll get back to you. But in your mind, You're worried, like, what if your voice cracks? What if you're not thin enough? What if people think you have a terrible voice? What if you don't remember the words? What if you lose your voice the week before? All of these things start going through your head and you never fully stay in one of those what ifs. You like brush it aside very quickly, that ping-ponging we talked about earlier. So instead of doing that, I want you to just think about that thing right now that you're worried about doing or trying or that thing that you're obsessing about. And I want you to think of a realistic worst possible outcome. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that you're singing and your voice cracks and everyone, what would they do? Do you think they'd really laugh? No, they would just allow you to finish the song. So what's the worst case scenario? Would you be embarrassed? Maybe. Would you want to do it again at another friend's wedding so you could redeem yourself? hopefully. Would it be the end of the world? No. Would you die? No. And is there greater risk in not doing it? Because your friend has said, I love your voice and I want you to be a special part of my day. I mean, for me, I just feel like there's so much more at stake if you don't try these things, if you don't go for it. Not knowing if you if you actually could have pulled it off, Like That's far scarier in my mind to not live your life's full potential than to worry about the worst possible outcome because the worst possible outcome might just happen. So what? I could fill up the next hour telling you about really embarrassing, terribly embarrassing, kind of funny now, stories of times when I thought, okay, I'm kind of afraid to do this and What if this worst possible thing does happen? And it did, or sometimes even worse than what I even imagined it actually happened. But it was still okay. It all still made me better. It all still made me crave the opportunity to do it again and do it right. The worst thing you can do is not live your life's potential because you fear the worst possible outcome. The worst possible outcome, unless of course it's death. Like if there's legitimately concern that you could die, well, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do it. But if your fear is judgment or doing it wrong or looking like a fool or being turned down or rejected, so what? Who cares? Who really cares? Nobody's going to remember 10 years from now, five years from now, five minutes from now. So just do it. Do that one thing that scares you or that you've been putting off. Your mind will be brought into sharp focus and you're going to feel that adrenaline rush, that adrenaline rush that your body and your mind put together when you just decide to jump, to go for it. My next tip when it comes to freeing your mind is you've got to free your mind of clutter. That means you might just have too much going on. You've got a television going on in the background and your cell phone is on your lap and there's music playing in the other room and there's people talking. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the episodes I did on Focus, let me just tell you, you're welcome. Those, those episodes, I, I still am getting messages from people saying, I just had the most productive week of my life. I made more money in the last 12 days than I've made in the last 12 months, and it is because of focus. I've gotten so much done. I feel clarity. I feel free. I feel de-stressed. So listen to those episodes because I really do walk you through the entire process of how to declutter your focus, how to build a fortress around your focus so that you can get done in just a couple of hours what most people now take like eight hours to do. And, and this is new, this is because of technology. This isn't something that we had to deal with even like 15 years ago, like it's bad, y'all. And it's challenging. However, there are solutions, there are workarounds. And I urge you to listen to those episodes if you feel distracted. And that's one of the reasons why your brain feels like you don't control it. And my final tip is to make a decision you can free your mind by finally making that decision. The decision you know you need to make to let go of toxic people. Relationships that are not helping you. Relationships where (laughs) that person just doesn't deserve your energy. And I don't mean that you're a better person than they are. I just mean. You are a positive, happy person who just wants the best for other people. And there's somebody in your life who is sucking the lifeblood out of you because they need you. They need your positive energy. They need everything that you bring to them. But so does someone else. So do a lot of other people who nourish you, who lift you, who build you, who appreciate you, who think you are the bomb, who think you can do no wrong and they make you better and you make them better. And it's just awesome when you come together. But yet, but yet there's this person, perhaps, or maybe even a couple people, who continue to fill your mind with negativity and you feel responsible for them and you feel guilty because you feel like you owe it to them, that you're being a good person by taking care of them or staying in it way longer than what you should have. If there's someone in your life who isn't making progress, they're not even trying, They're not moving forward and everyone else can see it and you know it too, but for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why it is, but it's cluttering your mind enough that you should make that decision and you know what the decision is. And yes, of course it's going to be painful. That's how we get better. You don't get better unless there's a challenge. We just don't. So yes, it's difficult, but there are nourishing, positive people out there who want to enrich your life, who want to fill you with thoughts and emotion and belief that allow you to live the life that you deserve. You deserve the best. And as soon as you believe that, you will start attracting those people to you and you will slowly begin pulling up the roots, slowly, one at a time, removing toxic people from your life. Now, I never think that this needs to be a big, unless, of course, it's like your long-term boyfriend. Well, then, yeah, hello, you might want to have a conversation. But when it comes to just friends or family members, I think that this is best served as just a quiet decision, a confident decision, a bold decision, but it can be quiet. Once you've made this decision, you have to commit to it. I don't think you have to sit down, the two of you at Starbucks, and go, listen, i've just decided i'm like super positive and you're like a super a downer and like so like this isn't working and we need to break up that never works just gradually and slowly stop giving them your time and energy you meet with them one less time this week and the following week you spend a little less time with them and the week after that maybe you're only hearing from them a couple of times and before long you're going to get that text message that says gosh i feel like we've kind of drifted apart. And you can reply and say, well, I know we've both been so busy, but don't address it. Just let it slowly drift away. Now, you might disagree with me, but I personally believe that's kind of the best way to handle it. They're not going to change. You've spent all this time and energy trying to change them. Yo, they're not going to change. Not because of you anyways. They may change someday. So it certainly doesn't hurt to keep them in your prayers and to love them, just love them, but from afar. Love them enough to truthfully just let them go. And if things change, cool, then maybe the two of you can be a part of each other's lives again. But I think you need to make this quiet, bold, confident decision and take action. Just do things differently this week. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.
2: Hi, this is Brooke Powers, Vice President at Smart Life, and I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite products that we have. It's our Push Journal. And we created the Push Journal because we know that you want to be making progress towards your goals. And in order to do that, you need a better system to hold yourself accountable. The problem is, you've tried countless planners and journals and nothing seems to stick, let alone be effective, which I'm sure can make you feel defeated. We believe it shouldn't be a burden to keep track of your productivity and hit your goals. We understand that motivation, organization, and sticking to a routine can be a struggle. We've motivated and helped thousands of people to identify and set goals and stay focused on daily tasks that increase productivity, that actually help you hit your goals. Does this sound like you? This is all you need to do. Go to pushjournal.com and order your Push Journal set. While you're waiting for your journals, Download the instruction booklet at pushjournal.com to get an early start on setting your push goal and to get a little taste of how the system works. Stop wasting money on goal-setting journals or programs that don't stick long-term. Instead, find confidence in using a push journal for life. Trust me, you'll be addicted just like me.